from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I don't like doing anything to possums, though. I leave possums alone. But apparently, in the state of North Carolina, it's free reign on possums. It's the possum purge. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, like he does every Thursday, NC Rabbit Hole is the newsletter where only Jeremy Markovich can bring us stories like this. So on the Rabbit Hole newsletter, five days when all possum crimes are legal. Mm-hmm. Excuse All possum crimes are legal. Excuse me? I can do whatever I want to a possum? Well, technically... Yes, and I, and I should say I should say there. I, when I put this story out online, mm-hmm. uh, you could tell who had read, who had read the story and who had not, because okay. there were there was there were people out there that were saying, "Oh my gosh, like the possums, like like possum, like they're like possums are going to commit like wire fraud. Like there's like possums, like no possums can do whatever they want. They don't have to abide by our laws. Like they're possums. This is what humans can do to possums." for five days a year in North Carolina, thanks to a law that is on the North Carolina books. And this all started because there was a possum drop? Yes. So this is this is, this is is a, a New Year's story. So back in 1990, there's a guy who ran sort of a, a very you know small convenience store gas station in a really small town called Brasstown, which is out in Clay County, like way further, way far west in North Carolina. And somebody said, you know, I'm just kind of bored. I'm into possums. I should just put like a like a like a fake possum into a box and drop that at midnight and make that like our little town's thing. And somebody said, well, why don't you try that with a live possum? And he says, yeah, why not? We'll give that a try. Um, so in 1991, they would catch a live possum, put it in a box, and and drop it at the stroke of midnight in Brasstown. And this just kind of happened. It was like an under the radar thing that, you know, whatever, if you were out there, if you were in the know that you could go to this. And then in 2003, the New York Times visits and does a story. And after they visit, PETA intervenes and they are extremely upset that you're putting a live possum into a box and they start a very long fight to stop it. And how that fight eventually ends through a couple of lawsuits and, and, and that sort of thing is a state law that says for five days around New Year's, all of these laws that 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 say, you know, you can't capture any wild animal. Like, you know, like you, you're not if it's a wild animal, you can't you can't go out and get like a squirrel and bring it into your house as a pet. Okay, that's illegal. Um, that's illegal for all wild animals. But for possums, for five days, laws don't apply. And so they put this into place to protect the possum drop. And the possum drop has since gone away, but the law is still on the books. So you're a much better writer uh, than I'll ever be, Jeremy. But when I would talk to somebody and interview somebody, they would say something and invariably I would get a little, I would get goosebumps because I knew, ah, there's the lead. I found it. Mm. Yes. I'm not trying to be critical here. (laughs) But, But where were you? When Clay Logan told you one of the great all-time quotes I've ever seen about <laughs> Brasstown, where he said, if if the end of time comes tomorrow, you'll want to be in Brasstown because you'll have a few weeks left before it gets here. That's an all-time I mean, quote. It, 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 it warms the heart to know that you're safe. You're safe in Brasstown from the apocalypse. I mean, there's another one, too, where there was a judge 
um, that, you know, basically was protecting the possums and said, you know, hunters must afford wild animals the same right Patrick Henry yearned for. Give me liberty or give me death. And, and, you know, like Clay Logan, who is, is, is a great character in himself. I was gonna say, that's a, uh, that's a made up name if I've ever heard one. From I know Clay Logan from Clay County. I know it sounds like you wouldn't name this. You wouldn't give him that name if you were writing the show about this. Um, unless it was like a Hallmark movie, but like, like, I mean, really like there was another one where, I mean, like Clay is, is a, is a jovial guy and he's not trying to get sued. Like he's just, he's not like going to try to do this no matter what. And one year that there was a threat that they said, Hey, you know, we're going to sue you. Um, what he ended up doing was they said, okay, I'm not allowed to drive, drop a live possum, but what about, you know, one that is not alive? Dead one. And, and so they went out on the side of the road and found one and put that into a box and dropped that on New Year's Eve instead. And uh, a guy who was interviewed by the New York times, a local towns, you know, person there said, hell of a way to start the new year, saluting a dead possum. So uh, the people of Brasstown are just quote machines. I think we should just camp out there and just do story after story. It requires getting there, but yeah, I I appreciate it, man. So, all right, before we say goodbye to Jeremy Markovich, NC rabbit hole newsletter, I highly recommend where you could get to find out things like uh, the possum purge that apparently is legal for five days in North Carolina. Did we miss an opportunity? Are we still in the window? No, it's the windows closed. So the windows closed. Okay. So when, when does the window open back up again? Uh, January 29th. I'm sorry. Excuse December me. 29th. December 29th. December 29th. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what we January should start. 2nd. So what we, should, what we should start planning now is some. We got to do a TikTok with a possum of some sort, right? I mean, you would you would think so. You would think so. Um, I I will say, uh, just because something is legal doesn't mean I you mean, you should do it. Like un- possums are great. The possums fury, are wonderful animals. <laughs> possums, they they. Well, so I got, po- I got possums in my tips. backyard, man. They supposedly eat ticks, although although I was told that they don't eat as, as many ticks as you think. But any any animal that eats a bunch of ticks, so you don't have to like you know deal with them, is is a, is a great animal, and we should we should love it. We should get here. possums to pick bowl games. You know? Yes, yes. To just put 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 teams in trash bins and see which one the possum goes into, and then there's your pick, right? Who says yes. no? And I can do it. It's not like the state's going to tell me I can't. So that's true. Let's go. I'm excited about also, this. Also, this is another reason why you shouldn't catch possums. Um, apparently, possums taste terrible. I was just about to ask you, have you, ever, con- have you ever consumed possum? I, I have not. Mm-hmm. But there was a – I've been on the possum beat for a while. <laughs> and and there, was, there, was a, there was a governor of North Carolina in 1970 named Bob Scott who, who – was just out to eat possum like that was his that was his delicacy yeah that was his delicacy he was like i'm gonna serve it in the governor's mansion and he caught one and he was gonna like like ceremonially eat it and and people found out about and they got really upset if you fried possum i'd eat it yeah but like but apparently i i like and and they 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 let it they let the possum go go and 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 his (laughs) quote was I shall. This is a direct quote from a, a former governor of North Carolina. "Quote: I shall not be thwarted in my appetite for possum." Amazing. I respect and, that. I respect that. But, uh, but they're greasy. They're nasty. I asked a chef about it, and he was like, "I, I don't actually think that you should do this. You should, Fair like, don't ask me how to prepare it. Don't like the key is just not eating it." Well, well spam's a big thing right now. So yeah, 
I'm going to ask you, possum um, spam. Uh, Jeremy Markovich, NC Rabbit Hole newsletter. Highly recommend you subscribe to it. Uh, I'm going to we're going to close this conversation with an assignment, if that's okay. Wait, where, okay. where is Jeremy this week anyway? Yeah, where, yeah, where are you? Are you outside your house? Where are you? Are you I'm outside my house right now. Yeah. I mean, the the acoustics outside your house are amazing. That brick does work, man. Yeah. All right, it, so it, it's amazing. So here's here's my assignment for you. I recently saw the TSA. 2022 list of ridiculous things they pulled out of a TSA bag check. Mm-hmm. My fate, my favorite two were uh, there was a gun that was hidden in the carcass of a turkey, a raw turkey. Uh huh. I mean, and, I, and I'm Andy. the guy. I'm the guy who forgets to take out the turkey giblets and neck. You know, on Thanksgiving. So they were probably I'm, thinking. I'm the dummy, right? So that's like a like a like a like a not a turducken, but like a turglocken. Uh, yes. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that was my one of my favorites. The other one was uh, various uh, gun parts that were hidden into jars of peanut butter that they were trying to get through TSA. Uh, so I'm cu- I'm curious if you can find a way to do this uh-huh. an NC rabbit hole where you pull the most ridiculous things that were yanked out of the RDU TSA line. I I already have one. Oh, if you have a moment. We have like thirty seconds. We have 30 seconds. Somebody asked me one time why the state was selling a surplus Little Mermaid snow globe. <laughs> How did they get a Little Mermaid snow globe? And I asked the, the state and the state said, well, basically what happens is somebody probably tried to bring the snow globe through TSA. They said, you can't do that. We're going to claim it. Nobody claimed it. The state ends up with it and they try to sell it. Because so, it's because it's the liquid. It's the liquid. You can't bring, you can't yeah. carry on a snow globe onto a plane because of all the water. It's not, so, it's not glitter. It's, it's not glitter. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> all right. Later on. Whole new world. Exciting and new in that snow globe. That's the different kind of snow if you catch my drift. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. We'll get back. We- I think you're confusing Aladdin and Little Mermaid there. I am. You're right. Huh. Uh, that's, yeah. Whole new world is Aladdin. Um, What's the Little Mermaid songs? Oh, got to kiss Under the, the girl. Sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Kiss the girl. And then what's the one where she sings? Uh, I got what's its and widgets and something. She's like playing with a fork. She thinks it's a comb. I know you're talking. You know about. what song I'm talking about? I why can't remember? Why can't remember the song? It's very beginning uh, of the movie. Part of part of that world. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm just coming up with bangers no, it's right part now. Of, yeah, it's part of your world. Wait a second. Why do I remember all of these Disney movies and not any Christmas movies? You know what's, because uh, kids, you know, what's no. part, you, know what's, <laughs> you know what's part of our world? Yet another NC State win over Duke at PNC Arena. So the reason I chose William Peace was because of their stellar game design program. It's very rare to find a game design program in the United States at all, let alone North Carolina. And this place seemed like the right place for me for where I wanted to go and the connections I could make uh, within the program. Turn your hobby into a career in one of the highest paid professions in the country with William Peace University's Simulation and Game Design Program. Master design, 3D modeling, and programming in a state-of-the-art space with the latest and most remarkable technologies available. Find out more at peace.edu. We'll check in with Brooke Pryor. ESPN covers the Pittsburgh Steelers on a variety of topics, uh, including my apology to Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and kind of an update as to what to expect with where the NFL goes from here, given the DeMar Hamlin cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. It's not official yet, but indication seems to be that that Cincinnati-Buffalo game is not going to be played. 
and the NFL will figure out how to sort out the AFC side of the playoff bracket through winning percentage or any number of data points that they can use. And I would say anybody who's worried about certain implications too, just get over it. You know, it's a weird, an incredibly once in a lifetime thing that has occurred. You adapt, you move on, and then you just go play the games and the teams that deserve to be in the Super Bowl will be in the Super Bowl because I do believe that home field advantage is a tad overrated and there are numbers to back that up. But before we talk to Brooke Pryor, back to basketball, where last night at PNC Arena, NC State got the win against Duke. And it wasn't just a win. It was a dominating performance over the Blue Devils. And I and I don't mean this in a, in a crass way. I mean, last night was something that we've seen play out at PNC Arena a bunch of times. Uh, what, five of the last seven? Uh, Aaron Beard, Associated Press, what, six of the last nine? Apparently nice. he found that more impressive. I would, too. That's a nice stat. Um, we've seen this before. The question for for NC State going forward is, okay, now what? Because we've seen what has happened after the Duke win, something that you needed, but then you don't back that up with building block more NCAA resume wins, which they have opportunities to do so, including this game against Virginia Tech on Saturday, following up with a game against Miami. You got Georgia Tech and then you got North Carolina. There are opportunities there for, for NC State. There are, and... The way that the ACC race has shown up, Joe, and not just at the top of it for first place, but these teams are jockeying for position to make the NCAA tournament. you got Georgia Tech beating Miami. You've got Boston College beating Notre Dame. I mean, you you got NC State beating Duke. You know, you name it. It's it's pretty much happened thus far. Mm -hmm. Virginia losing to Pitt. So I think a lot of it, we can't overreact one one way or the other, a win or a loss. I do think it is important, as Kevin Keats told Jarkel Joyner and to Craven Smith before that game. Like this is a Q one game. This is this we need this game. This is a game that matters, and we need you to be great in this game. And they were. You know what I like to see, especially as what we're seeing unfold in Washington. I'm not trying to to bring the real world political things sure. that are happening in Congress right now, where I believe they're now going to overtime. I believe both. I believe. I believe not penalty kicks yet. Is it PKs or are they lining up on the 25-yard okay. line and two-point conversions only? Is that where we're at right now? I don't know. Is Pick it a sports a, metaphor. I is think it, you're getting is close. It, is, it a, is, it a, is it a Monday uh, sun, sun death playoff in uh, golf? Is that what we're getting for the uh, the house leadership, right? Anyway. I think we're in the shootout. We must be. We're, we must be at this point after they keep going to overtime. But sometimes you can see people cross the aisle. And and unify over something. We actually saw that last night in Chapel Hill with Armando Baycott when he was talking about their win against Wake Forest, which we'll get to in a second. He had he had this to say about digging deep and, and finding that extra gear late in the game against Wake Forest. I, I have thoughts on that, but but catch the end, catch what catch the end of what Armando Baycott said once he found out about the result earlier in the night. It's really just been our message all year because I mean. Like you said, we'll dig, dig, and we'll get to a point. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we're trying to build a big house. And to build a big house, you got to keep digging and digging deeper and adding more foundation. So that's really just been kind of coach message to us. Did you guys get a little step in that foundation here with this win? Yeah, for sure. And go Wolfpack, too. Go Wolfpack to what? Good for Armando, man. But yeah, yesterday, Joe, we we kind of joked about Talking about Carolina can be somewhat boring. It's kind of easy to to figure out the Tar Heels. If certain things are true, then chances are they're going to win. But last night was a little bit different. 
I think these were positive signs for the Tar Heels in their win against Wake Forest. Yeah. No, we didn't call them boring. It's it's simplistic, though. I call the, them the recipe for success for them. I, I, I will own calling them boring. Okay. Last night, they overcame another Caleb Love off game. They got quality minutes out of Trimble. But more importantly, I question defense for the Tar Heels. They truly took advantage of the Wake Forest turnovers late in the game and got into their transition for the easy buckets, which gets to my larger point. We talked about Duke earlier. You wonder who's the bus driver, who's the leader, who's you know whose team is this? As much as we focus on Caleb Love and the roller coaster, and he can affect games, obviously, both positively and negatively, we once again saw R.J. Davis be the guy. Armando's going to be Armando. We all recognize and respect and love what Armando's game is. Five times last night. It's pretty impressive, man. But what I've seen so far out of R.J. Davis, there's your guy. There's a leader who understands what's going on, and more importantly, he will do it with his play and make the big plays when necessary. You're going to get good defense out of Leaky Black. He helped with the three. 18 last night. points last night. I know. That Leaky was the Black. thing. What, three out of five from uh, from three? Yeah. But it's RJ's defense, which will spark things, and he'll make big buckets. And again, the transition game was on point there late. That's what I liked seeing out of the Tar Heels last night. I also think we, we've talked before about Trimble. Mm-hmm. If either Davis or Love had gone pro, he'd be a starter. And you see him play 22 minutes last night, and that's because uh, Pete Nance had is dealing with an injury, so he only played two minutes. So they didn't have Nance. But I said, I, I want to see something come out of Carolina's bench, whether it's Puff Johnson, whether it's Seth Trimble, whether it's DeMarco Dunn. You, you just, I just want to see something else there. And I get that Hubert wants to rely on his guys, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I do think they have talented players, and I think they can help. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, ESPN. She covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Brooke Pryor. Brooke, what's up? Uh, not too much. Uh, maybe somehow I'm still covering a team that is alive for the playoffs. I know that's what you guys were expecting at the bye week when they were 2-6. and six. Yeah, okay. I, this is where, look, in sports talk radio or in the sports hot take industry, one of the worst things that you can do is ever, ever is admit that you were wrong, right? Really? It is actually. Oh. Admit that you were wrong about something. <laughs> you try you try to finesse it. You're like what I was actually saying was dot dot dot. I'm yeah, here to yeah. admit that I was wrong cuz remember a couple of weeks ago after the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Carolina Panthers, I was livid that the Panthers with everything in front of them lost to a team that was essentially playing for what? What Brooke? Like do we really believe these guys give a damn about Mike Tomlin's he's never had a losing record thing? I scoffed at that 
And yet here we are. It's a real thing. What'd you learn? What did you learn to never scoff at Mike Tomlin in December? Pretty much. That's, on that's what I learned. That's, that was that my was mistake. You. That these these guys ride for Mike Tomlin to the point where they could actually still make the freaking playoffs. It's impressive. They could. It's it's amazing how I feel like this has happened, at least in my experience here, with the exception of 2020, because that was kind of a unicorn season when the Steelers started off like what 10 and 0, 11 and 0. Um, but other than that, my first couple seasons here, Mike Tomlin has been fired by the fan base through the first half of the season and then given <laughs> coach of the year by the end of it. Although there are still some fans that still maintain that Mike Tomlin created this problem. This is all on him. You know, yes, he dug himself out of it, but like it's, it's not Mike Tomlin, it's Kenny Pickett. Whatever you want to say, as someone who is in the locker room every single day and talks to these guys, Mike Tomlin is a, is a pretty big factor. There's, there's, as he would say, there's nothing mystical about it. Mike Tomlin is kind of the the cog that makes the wheel go, or however wheels work. He's, he's, he's very significant. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, so uh, Brooke, uh, the AFC playoff picture. That last spot is kind of like the NFC. I know there's like nine million permutations. But is there a direct path, or what is the Steelers' most direct path into the playoffs? The first thing they have to do is they have to beat the Browns on right. Sunday. The other two games, though, they have to have two other things happen. One is for the Bills to beat the Patriots, and the other is for the Jets to beat the Dolphins. I believe okay. all those games are being played at 1 o'clock, so by you know about 425 Sunday, we should know one way or another. They could also tie. I think the Patriots have to lose or tie and the Dolphins have to lose or tie, and then the Steelers would be in. I believe so the is, Jets, is how that works. The Jets-Dolphins is the big stumbling block at this point because I believe yes. in football karma. I believe the Steelers will beat the Browns. There's, like, no doubt in my mind about that. It, it's And, and well, who knows? It. But who knows with the Bills and what their state of mind will be? Yeah. Who knows with the Patriots who, you know, are desperate, speaking of teams that we've given up on. Uh, but truly, I mean, the Jets and the Dolphins, like, what are the Jets playing for at this point? The Jets are playing for nothing. The Dolphins are still okay. fighting for a playoff spot, um, yeah. but they don't necessarily have a quarterback, and that that would seem to be hey, a problem. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 Brooke, ma'am. I can't believe I just we forgot will, about we will Mike not Lennon like that. Stand wow, that's for the that most offensive thing I've said all day. Yeah, yeah God, how could I? Shout out to all season. Do you guys not recall the fact, the time that Mitch Trubisky took over for him in 2017? We just, are we just wrong. not going to talk about that? He was. He was done wrong. Okay, I no, forgot, no, I, I will get on UNC, the right side of history. I forgot, I forgot, Brooke Pryor, UNC product. It's QBU, Sam Howell starting for the Washington football oh, team now. Yeah, how's, how's Russell Wilson working out for <laughs> NC State? We don't claim him, don't worry. He's, awesome. a, he's a badger now. Uh, Brooke Pryor, ESPN, covers the Steelers, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. Uh, she's done fantastic work with us throughout the season. You can catch her on. You're on Get Up tomorrow, right? And I am on uh, Get Up tomorrow. Just with Max Kellerman. Yep, both of those. I, I have a feeling that a good good chunk of your conversation is going to be about Demar Hamlin, um, because there is look. You're in Pittsburgh. He played at Pitt. Matt Canada crossed paths with Demar Hamlin while he was at Pitt. Mike Tomlin has that relationship uh, in the city. So from from your perspective, you know, how ha how has this week from from Monday night's game that honestly has been kind of processed in a way that 
has has never really been processed like this and and how we talk about football things. How has it played out there on the ground level for you? Yeah, you know, it's been something that's been really difficult for me to wrap my head around as a football reporter, as someone that, I mean, watches as many games as I can. No, I'm not out on the field with these guys, but I think that when you see something like that, especially it being a routine play, and all of a sudden a guy is in the hospital fighting for his life. I mean, it, it takes your breath away. And then to talk with the guys here in this locker room, the coaching staff who know DeMar, who've, like Mike Tomlin, known DeMar since he was 12 years old, I think it it hits differently here, probably in the same way that it feels in Buffalo and Cincinnati. And, you know, the, the team he plays for, the place where it happened, the team against that it, the team that they were playing when it happened, um, you know, I talked with Kenny Pickett yesterday, who was a co-captain with DeMar uh, when they were at Pitt. And he said, you know, they were just, he was watching the game with another Pitt teammate and they saw him go down and they thought, okay, well, it didn't look good, but like, it's, it's probably just a concussion, which shows sure. you, you know, it, it, unfortunately concussions are a routine thing in football, but then it cut to commercial. And when they came back, he said, we realized that like the urgency that people were moving, it was not okay. Um that sticks out to me. And then I also talked with Levi Wallace, who played football, who, who was on um, the Bills team last year with DeMar. And I asked him specifically about, like, what has DeMar told you about Pittsburgh? Like, what, what was he like talking about Pittsburgh? And he said, DeMar loved this community so much. He has a younger brother. I believe his brother is seven right now. Um, and mm -hmm. his little brother was at the facility all the time. And DeMar, he said, Le Levi said, was more excited about Levi coming to Pittsburgh than Levi was about him going to Pittsburgh. So it's just, I think that you can tell how much this affected people here, not just because, you know, he's another player and they're playing the same sport and it was a routine thing. I mean, Cam Hayward said it looks like it was a freak accident, but he touched so many people here, whether DeMar knows it or not, and he continues to touch them. And so it's been, I think, difficult. And even center Mason Cole, who has not been on a team with DeMar, said yesterday something that like, still sticks with me is like Demar's not our teammate but he certainly feels like a brother to all of us and so I think that's how the entire NFL feels how people here in Pittsburgh feel that you know yes you want to go out and you want to make the playoffs and you want to you know continue business as usual but you also have to acknowledge it's not business as usual but I mean it seems like right now we're getting positive updates on Demar. he is alert mm -hmm. he is awake um incredible incredibly good news he's still critically ill but it, it, he is making signs of progress and that's that's what you can hope for right now brooke Pryor joining us here on the og and brooke without that data point of the cincinnati buffalo game it does complicate the top of the playoff seating um what have you been hearing from your league sources about how they might try to go about Either will they proceed without the game? Will they? Do they have to play the game, or, or how do you how do you suspect this will end up uh, working itself out? You know, I don't know that anybody knows right now. The a couple people I've checked in with, they don't have any clarity. Um, I think that this becomes even more complicated because it happened in week seventeen, and there's not a bye week to push to or time to reschedule. At this point, I think all options are on the table. Whether that's you push, you know, the wild card games back a week. Um, maybe you, I know, uh, I saw Mike Florio today floating out the idea. What if you add extra playoff teams for each and have eight teams in the NFC and the AFC? I don't know how much momentum that's necessarily gaining. Um, but it's a thought. Um, I just think that everything's kind of on the table, but at this point, 
it sounds like, I mean, the Ravens Bengals have a kickoff time of what 1 p.m. on Sunday. The Bills Patriots are scheduled to play. The Bills practice today. I think that week 18 is going to go on as scheduled. And at this point, I would personally be surprised if they played Bengals, uh, Bengals Bills. Um, as we've said this week on Get Up, uh, a couple of league sources have talked to people on our show saying that like, that game just has bad mojo around it. Like, how do mm-hmm. you resume with the score being what it is and just pick up like, okay, well, we were temporarily suspended. Like, it's not a weather delay in baseball. Like, this ha- this stopped because of an unprecedented, horrible injury. So how do you even wrap your head around getting back out on that field? So in my mind, I, I don't know how you play it. Yeah, I and I think... I mean, it's quite frankly two teams who could be in the AFC Championship game, too. So it's almost like... They could see each other. How do you make them go back out there and play what would be a relatively meaningless game <laughs> yeah. right before the, the right. playoffs when they could play the ultimately... The most meaningful game. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obies. We'll, we'll close on this, and I, I'm curious. I, I can sense the the difference in how we've talked about things following what happened on Monday Night Football. Does the NFL get that sense? Like, do they? Will they actually, from here on out, recognize that? You know, there's there's trauma that takes place when you play this sport. And the players, you can talk about player safety. You can talk about mental health. But unless you actually act upon these talking points, nothing's going to actually happen about this. Do you think that this might actually be an inflection point for real where the league will, the light bulb goes on for them? I mean, you hope. I mean, that's one of those things that in a traumatic event, like this you hope to find silver linings that can come from it one of the things is the attention that's been given to demar's charity to the gofundme mm-hmm. that he started out with a goal of twenty five hundred dollars i think it's approaching seven million right now right. i'm so excited for him to wake up and learn about all of the good that, that can be done with that and to your point but, there are so many players like demar on so right. many teams in the nfl who do these types of things we focus on what nfl athletes are not and we take away from the fact that there are so many like demar who are trying to do good in their community it shouldn't take an event like this to get right. beyond a goal of twenty five hundred dollars oh exactly i mean i think that i i hope that this opens eyes across the league um not just you know to to pay attention to player mental mental health, but pay more attention to the risks that come with stepping on the field. Um, one thing that Ryan Clark said earlier this week was when he played and he was 24 years old, he didn't even think he could die. I mean, right. that is, I think that there is a lot of, of reality setting in for some of these guys that, you know, you think you're invincible and a routine play puts you this close to death because of something that I, I think I was reading about Komodo, um, can't think of the 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 condition that it appears he suffered where he was hit so yes. hard in his chest that his heart his heart rhythm was you know knocked out or, or whatever it was I'm not yeah, a so doctor. much electricity in the body was created right. in such that a cycle was essentially skipped and he right. had cardiac arrest exactly an article I was reading said that that those that the situation for that to happen only happens between like one and two percent of the time that your heart's pumping so like mm-hmm. incredibly rare for all of those things to line up and so I think that for some people in the NFL, it's now sinking in like, you know, yes, I know that I can get, you know, concussions from head trauma or, you know, break bones, tear ACLs, but this is something that was not on the radar. And so I hope that this is a wake up call for the NFL to, if they weren't serious about 
player safety and mental health, especially before they have to be now, because this is going to be something that affects these players for a long time, especially the ones that were on the field and especially all the players who've played with DeMar and know him. Brooke Pryor, ESPN, covers the Steelers. Catch her on Get Up tomorrow morning on ESPN. Uh, this just in with Max Kellerman. We appreciate it. Uh, the train has arrived. It has, and, as it uh, always it, does in Pittsburgh. It's, t- it's time for you to go, and we will talk to you next week. got to hop on moving train. See you guys. <laughs> All right, later. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.